Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, hello. Welcome to Marketing Made Easy. I'm Anita. Um, I'm here with Anna and we are the Get Savvy Club. And you're listening to one of our interview episodes. Hi, Anna. Hello. You okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I nearly forgot to say hello to you. (laughs) Anyway, we've got a great one today because um, we've got an interview with someone fabulous called Sabina Brennan, who Anna tried to call Sabrina, but it's Sabina. Um, And see, I'm fascinated by um, what makes people tick and why you know, the brain and perception and all of that makes such a massive difference. And I think if I had my time again, I'd like to be like a psychiatrist or something like that. But it's all relevant in marketing, because in marketing, what you're trying to do is influence someone's behaviour. And the way to do that in the words that you use, and the words you use to talk about yourself and all things like that. So I'm fascinated in that. And, um, and Sabina actually is a psychologist, and she specialises in brain health and how the brain works and all of that. So it's a topic that I'm really interested in. And I think if we could just heart you know if I like we do a lot of stuff on um, self-development don't we and you know all the books that people always recommend you know we try and read and it's great for us and I just think god if I'd started on all of that when I was like you know 30 years ago and I'd had someone like us being a role model saying doesn't matter you can achieve anything and just think about it like this and be more positive and believe in yourself and I'd be flying by now so I'm, yeah, I'm fascinated I wasted like 15 years just drinking and partying <laughs> <laughs> then, then yeah then I but you probably can't even remember that well no well I can I can I you know I do remember quite a bit of it but yeah it's just a bit of a like it's not really it wasn't really you know if I just had somebody go well hey why don't you get in even like um directing you to learn a little bit about property or anything really like all the all the different things you, you would just be so much further faster I'm always telling my kids this I'm always like you don't know how lucky you are without how much information I'm giving you and how much how many doors you've got open just because I'm your mom that yeah. I appreciate yeah. So anyway, this is the fabulous episode. So let's get into it. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. What I do now is I'm a health psychologist and a neuroscientist and I am passionate about people and fascinated by the human brain. And I'm sort of on a mission to get people to unleash their superpower, which is really what your brain is. All of us hold within our head the most complex structure in the known universe. And I'd hazard a guess that not only are you not maximizing its potential, you probably rarely give it a second thought. And that's really because your brain is so brilliant at what it does that you don't think about it until it starts to go wrong. And if you're perimenopausal or menopausal, (laughs) you'll definitely know what I'm talking about if... um, I mentioned the word brain fog or being forgetful or or just actually even feeling like you're not yourself anymore because you don't kind of function in the same way as before. It's kind of a bit crazy. We we brush our teeth twice a day. We go to the dentist once a year. You get your teeth cleaned maybe every six months. You avoid sugary drinks or whatever. And then what do you do for your brain? And like your teeth are super important because uh, you need them to eat, to speak and to smile. But you need your brain for everything. Yeah. And um, as I said, you only kind of realize how important your brain is until it starts malfunctioning and even mild malfunctioning sort of brain fog associated with um, menopause or perimenopause can be devastating. It can like it can impact on your ability to do your job. It can impact on your relationships. I was talking to someone there recently and they were saying that um, her partner is sort of saying, you don't love me anymore. 
Gosh. And this, is, this is nothing to do with sex or not wanting to have sex or being in bed or anything like that. It's like, I, you, you know, you never remember anything I've said anymore. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I told you that yesterday. Oh, did you? See, you weren't listening. You don't listen to me anymore. Because men, it's all about them, isn't it? So if you're forgetting, it's because <laughs> poor them, not, oh, actually, there might be something yeah. going on with you here. Right, remember, yeah. we're not going to men bash anymore on this show. <laughs> no, no, I know that's that. just a fact. Yeah, so that's kind of what I do now. In the past, um, I came late to academia, actually. Um, I didn't go to university until I was 42. And I did a degree in psychology. And then I did uh, I got a scholarship to do a PhD in neuroscience. And then I led a direct uh, directed a dementia research program for several years. And sort of the last few years of getting more and more into the translating the information. So what did you before that before you got to 42? What were you doing? I was a soap actress. Were you? Oh, yeah. oh cool. I was on a show called Fair City, um, which is kind of like your EastEnders. It was on five nights a week. Um, so I was an actor for about 10 years. And then prior to that, I worked in life insurance for 15 years. So yeah. what a varied career. You can have loads of different careers. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people said to me when I got killed off and in the soap opera. <laughs> but a lot of people said to me, um, I thought I'd do a night course and accidentally ended up doing a full-time degree in psychology. I thought I would do part-time acting and, you know, Ireland is a small country when it kind of comes to acting and rather than a bit in the UK, you know, if you do a huge car part in a, in a, in a soap, you know, you'll, you'll get more work. The reverse happens here. It's like, you know, you've been front of magazines and you've been in newspapers and like there was, it, it was, a, it's a long time ago now. So it was the first time I think anything like that had been covered. So like yeah. there was helpline calls and everything. So it was a very kind of big show. So like sort of my agent at the time said, look, you're not going to get any work for a while. So I thought, oh, I'll do an I course. Anyway, here I am now, total career change. But it's not really, a lot of people said, are you leaving acting and you're going to study psychology? And I said, they're not really that different. I'm an actor because I want to understand humans and why we do what we do and all that. And and that's what psychology is. So yeah. I love it. And 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 to be honest, I, I I suppose I still perform, although it's not a performance. I mean, I give corporate wellness talks. I make animated films. If anyone wants any free stuff, you know, to view anything, if they have concerns about memory loss or or dementia or they have a parent that they're concerned about if they visit superbrain.ie which is my website there's loads of free resources mm. i use animations and i have developed lots of websites on that it's something that i feel strongly about is it, i spent my use year, you know trying to bang down doors that slammed in my face you know you think you know what you really want and the door closes and you bang it down and you bang it down and, you bang it down. Yeah. and actually if you just turn around and look behind you there's much better opportunities you know so I kind of ha I have to say with maturity I've become more accepting and as I do that I realize that I'm finding stuff that I'm loving more than the stuff I thought I would love those types of roles that people say are really hard to get like being on a soap for all that time it's perhaps not what people visualize we actually had a lady um oh my god her name escapes me on the podcast australian yeah I can't uh, Austra um she thought oh i want to be a soap star but she didn't really know what that entailed or anything like that but so she thought she'd go on twitter and connect with these producers then she got to know the people behind the scenes 
via Twitter, because it was obviously um, we're talking about social media. And and she went, um, and they said, oh, we might have a part for you. Come along. Went, no and, way. And, and she didn't realize that most of the acting takes place like in this like warehouse downstairs. It's not actually people's houses. It's no. like. You know, well, and, they're not uh, by the beach. But, and, well, actually, <laughs> me, and Anita, me and Anita were like, I was thinking, how do you not know that? Like, we all watched Home, yeah, Home Away Neighbours, where, where, where we see the, the, the uh, you know, you actually see it moving, the set moving, yeah. don't you, when you watch it? So, but, um, and the only bits that they did outside were obviously the bit, the little beach bits that they do. The rest of it's in this warehouse. She just thought, oh, I can't turn up every day and work in this. So she had yeah. this goal, she made it happen, but then she was like, Ah, actually, I don't want that. So it's not, it's not normally what you imagine it to be like. It's not certainly not going to be glitz and glamour being in a soap opera, is it? Um, no, it is no, work. no, it's, it's not glitz and glamour. No, and it mm. is hard work, you know. And I mean, I didn't mind it. I loved it. I thrived on it, you know. And the funny thing is that it really helped me when I was doing my exams, uh, studying for psychology, because like I was brilliant at learning stuff off by Yeah, hand. psychology is obviously what makes people tick and all of that, but actually specialising in brain health. How did you take that leap? Oh, that's a really interesting question. I think you're the first person who's asked, actually asked me that. Um, I just found that originally when I was doing psychology, I was half thinking I might like to become a clinical psychologist or do counselling, you know, one to one. And while I was studying psychology, I volunteered at a rape crisis centre and, you know, learned to be a counsellor on that. And I realised I can't do this one to one stuff. I, mm. The reason I was good as an actor is the reason I can't do this. I mean, you I take could on do too the much. job. It was just all in here. You know, I mean, I just the whole lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, I kind of started. I, I just found the parts of psychology that I loved were all about the brain and how the brain relates to behaviour. And I was always interested in that as a kid you know even just like why do we do what we do and you know why does that person yeah, do that and that too. person i just think it's really fascinating mm -hmm. and then um i uh i got my phd got a scholarship to do my phd and uh, that was in the area of um brain how the brain changes with age in the institute of neuroscience and actually really was it was when i was doing that that i found my real passion because i was you know, PhD by research, it's a lot of reading the research and then coming up with studies mm -hmm. to do to, to discover something new. And brain health really wasn't a term back de then. So that was when did I do my PhD? 2007 to 2010. So I was just finding lots of academic papers about how you can reduce your risk of developing dementia. And I'm going, how come I didn't know this? And some of these papers went back to like 1986. It's not mm -hmm. like they were brand new stuff. And I was pretty much like, most people thinking, well, there's nothing you can do about dementia. You know, it's just something that some people get when they're older. And I realized, oh, my God, there's all these things that you can do to reduce your risk of developing dementia. I don't know it. How come I don't know it? How come nobody knows it? And then really what I realized was, you know, there was all these papers. They were being published in academic journals and Nature and the likes, and nobody was bothering to tell you know the yeah. people who really yeah, could benefit from it yeah. so yeah when I finished my PhD I applied for funding um from the European Commission it's a, a long story but I got the funding and the funding was to develop a brain health awareness program um so initially it was a, kind of around that time people were talking maybe about cognitive health and I kind of just sort of said it's no good going out with that not saying I invented the term brain health but it's no good going out with that because then I'd first have to explain no. what cognitive means. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? I it's unrelatable, never, isn't it? Yeah, it's unrelatable, and I never really understood what it was till I started to study psychology. So, um, 
yeah, I developed a program called Hello Brain, um, and it's uh, it explains how your brain works and how you can keep it healthy. So it, it's all about brain health. So that was back in 2011, I got that funding. Um, and I've just been building on it since, getting funding here and there to develop more things and giving talks and in demand to kind of give talks and the awareness. When I actually, when Hello Brain was first developed, if you search brain health, it was the only website that came up. Yeah. Now, if you search brain health, like there's just a multitude oh, of them. Yeah. We've all jumped on the bandwagon. My poor, my well, it's good. It's good to raise awareness, but mine is way down the bottom because there was no, yeah. there was no, there was funding to make it, but no money to promote it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of interest now because I think also as well, there's a lot of people want to make a lot of money out of it. Um, and I'm happy to 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 make a living doing what I do, but you know, my driver is is to make a difference, and I. Yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of us, you get to a certain age and you do realize that, you know, it sounds, it sounds so, uh, I don't know, airy-fairy, but having purpose and meaning does really, it does really matter. It's kind yeah. of that thing you get out of bed for, you know, that there's a huge distance between what's in your bank account and how you feel or why you get up in the morning. Yeah. yeah. It is lovely to make a difference. And it is yeah. nice when people take the time to come back and tell you they have I mean that's what and you I need that because sometimes you might have had a right shitty day and then somebody just you know drops you a voice note or tag you in a post you think oh hi we are on the right path <laughs> yeah yeah no because like that when you're when you're talking in a podcast you don't know you know I mean you can see your figures and you know how many people are listening etc but it, there is no kind of feedback it doesn't almost connect so if you see behind me here the the world map and the, the kids um put a dot where every every country that somebody listens to it because there's like the, at the time we did it there was 87 there's probably more now and it was a good yeah. geography exercise then but it's fun but it's, it's almost a reminder to me as well of like um the impact that you know it's not about you and your like office or whatever it's about like who you're serving you're serving the world yeah. and, who, and who you are reaching and reminding yourself I've had a couple of, of weird ones I was walking along the road you know we're all doing loads of walking um, you know with lockdown and this was a few months back and I was walking and um I, someone had a lovely dog you know that kind of way ahead of you and I said oh look he's really cute and then she's turned around and she said oh we were just talking about you I didn't know <laughs> these people we were just talking about your episode with Lem A, and you know oh I thought it was brilliant and I loved it but and then I kind of realized oh god yes people actually listen and and yeah. you know I I say very honest stuff you know because I you don't have that sense well I'm very yeah person yeah because um, when you're that open anyway. anything comes out because I, i'll like we will have conversations with people we've never seen before but obviously they've consumed a load of podcasts so there's stuff they know about us that we've forgot that we've said about us we're like oh yeah that did happen didn't it? yeah yeah no we yeah. had a chat with a guy the other day that said oh i'm up to november and in that one you were saying to do this this and this and we were like did we well yes we're quite right we stand by that <laughs> <laughs> can you give us um for those listeners that are maybe losing their words and can't remember things um asking for a friend <laughs> i've always thought this was my plan if you don't use too much of your brain then you'll be all right because i noticed that it's only really <laughs> clever people no stay with me here just only really can't see they can just right. hear sabina looks horrified yeah. well i only knew people got dementia or alzheimer's or whatever because they were clever only clever people seem to get it so i thought don't go all out getting too clever for your boots I think then you'll be all right same as my theory with running and like you don't want to be doing too much exercise because you'll get you know that's when people get bad knees and all that like you don't want to get too that's over not true either that's a fallacy yeah. so that's that's my thinking 
So what what do you think? Have you got when any it goes tips? To brain health. Make sure you listen to an expert, not Anna Geary. Oh yeah, I'm not. An, I'm not an expert in this. <laughs> I mean, dementia has been linked to um, not getting enough sleep, hasn't it, and eating too much sugar. I'll get loads of sleep and sugar. There's two things <laughs> that I want to um, I want to distinguish, right? Because you are talking to a lot of you know we've mentioned perimenopause and menopause. Yeah, yeah. And I want to make a distinction between dementia and brain fog, okay? Mm. Because they are two entirely different, different things, mm-hmm. and one One of the reasons I wrote my last book, Beating Brain Fog, is because I am really aware of so many women perimenopause and menopausal who are absolutely terrified they're in early stages of dementia. Okay, and they're not. So let's take dementia first. Okay, the biggest risk factor for uh, dementia is age. Okay, it's a disease of later life. Um, It's a neurodegenerative disease, which means it gets, you know, can get progressively worse. There is an early onset format form, but that's a you know, that's kind of a different disease in its in itself. What most people are talking about is Alzheimer's disease. There's lots of different types of dementia. That's just an umbrella term. Alzheimer's disease is the yeah. most common. So to put that in perspective, there's about 55 million people globally who have who have dementia and about 35 million of those have Alzheimer's disease. Oh, wow. The others are different types of, of, of dementia. Anyway, the most recent paper with the Lancet, uh, which was published in the Lancet last year in 2020, summer 2020, identified uh, 12 modifiable risk factors that uh, account for 40% of all cases of dementia. So that means, you know, if we could reduce and eliminate those risk factors, we'd have 40% less cases. That's an mm. awful lot when you take that yeah. off. The, mm. the, the. So the risk factors, um, in, in a way, you can reverse them um, to make your brain healthy lifestyle. But the risk factors are, and I'm uh, off the top of my head, I hope I remember all of them, but um, low levels of education or, or low levels of mental stimulation, low levels of physical activity, midlife high blood pressure, midlife obesity, type 2 diabetes, depression, you then have um, alcohol consumption, loneliness and social isolation, some environmental toxins, uh, poor sleep, yeah. and um, age-related hearing loss, uh, a, a brain injury. I think I've, I, I may have added mixed around, but the, maybe the social isolation isn't actually on the list, but we know that it's a risk factor. Um, uh, and if, you'd ha- if you've acquired a brain injury somewhere along the line, that will yeah. increase your so basically what I would say when when I talk about brain health I have I divide them into three categories activity attitude and lifestyle okay so to keep your brain healthy you've got to keep physically active forget about aching joints and all the rest your brain it's a high energy organ it depends on your cardiovascular system to provide the oxygen and nutrients it needs to function well so you have to be physically fit you really do so physical exercise um, is essential for your brain staying socially engaged is critical and that's what's been really hard for people over lockdown social interaction is a really stimulating activity for the brain so when you when you're not engaging in it uh, your brain really needs to be stimulated all the time I read a, a thing yeah. about a guy who'd been in the arctic or antarctic or something like that for nine months alone oh doing a research thing and when he got back his brain had actually they measured it obviously they did a load of studies on him and the brain had actually shrunk by a certain percentage and they were saying that actually socialization helps us because we are so social and we have to remember certain things so for example when I meet Anna I have to know that 
she's got two children and she's got two ex-partners and I might not want to mention this because she might be sensitive about that and yep. I don't say this to another friend all that's growing our brain and not doing oh, that is why it then shrinks yeah, yeah. no absolutely so essentially uh, underlying before I give the tips I suppose there's two key things that underlie uh, brain health you know I mean it's really grounded in science and you're right it is about um it's a bit it is about stopping your brain shrinking and making your your you know making sure you've got lots of connections in your brain and lots of brain cells um so basically the brain is plastic that you know um the brain has the capacity to adapt and change with learning the brain does that by growing new connections between brain cells and reorganizing those connections, right? So you have about 86 billion brain cells and trillions of connections between them. And really the more the better ladies, you know, it's the one part of your body where you want, you want to have, um, you know, lots and lots of connections and lots of brain cells. Um, then also the brain has a great capacity for resilience. Years ago, one of those studies that I was talking to you that I found from, it was from 1986 and it was by a researcher called Katzman. And he was interested in understanding um, the differences in brains of people who had a diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease and those who hadn't. He looked at the brains of people post-mortem um, who had a diagnosis and then was comparing them. They were in a nursing home. And then he was comparing them to the brains of people same age, uh, over 70, I think they all were, um, in an, who were also living in a nursing home, but who had no diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. Now, for anyone, uh, just in case, the hallmarks of al Alzheimer's disease are these protein plaques and tangles called beta amyloid um, is, is, is one of the key ones. And they found 10 cases of cognitively normal individuals. So people who were functioning perfectly normally in his control group, right? So they had no diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease. They had sufficient pathology in their brain for diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease but they had no symptoms. So now I tend to talk about, and other people tend to talk about Alzheimer's disease being the pathology in your brain and Alzheimer's dementia being the symptoms of it, the forgetfulness, mm -hmm. the confusion, mm -hmm. the, you know, all those kind of things. Now it is possible to have the disease in your brain and not have the symptoms. What is it about those people um, that he examined yeah. postpartum who didn't have the symptoms. Well, it's down to their lifestyle. They were living a brain, what we now call a brain healthy lifestyle that gives them extra connections and neurons and ways to compensate for the damage. So essentially when it comes to Alzheimer's disease, it is not about how much disease you have in the early years of it, but how much healthy brain you have. Mm. So that's where the whole thing comes in. Now it's not a get out of jail free card because over time as the, pathology grows it you know you it, it will kind of overtake mm. uh, the healthy brain and you will show symptoms but you may have gained extra years where you're possession in possession of your full faculties so those individuals who had died that didn't have the disease ultimately had they lived longer they would have developed yeah. so essentially what happens is we call it reserve right so so through a brain healthy lifestyle you can build this reserve this buffer i kind of talk about it in terms of it being like investing in brain capital that you can cash in at some point in the future yeah. to cope with or compensate for disease so you can build that up throughout your lifespan and um, and yes so we we know there's quite a considerable body of research since 1986 that shows what those uh, relate to um, and it is you know engaging in physical activity being socially connected socially engaged and mentally stimulated so Anna Geary that is where you are wrong actually I think what it is is because I'm thinking like because I am someone that learns stuff all the time, all the time. yeah constantly I that. So, but I don't think 
in my head because I want to learn that thing. I don't think of it as learning. That's what's really interesting, you see. So learning, anytime you learn anything, and it's not mm. academic learning, it's learning how to do new things. Yeah. You know, if I learn see, We are to... constantly being stretched, aren't we, in yeah. our business of what we I can't imagine. Like, I can't imagine. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if I'm trying to learn how do I, how do I use, um, you know, a, a, a Adobe Spark so that I can make, you know, moving text for, you know, I'm learning something new. It's not yeah. academic. So once you're taking in new information, that means you're harnessing neuroplasticity mm. in your brain so you're mm. growing yeah. new connections so that's the key we tend to get to middle age and start to coast along you need to set yourself challenges your brain mm. needs challenge it needs novelty and it needs learning to stay healthy so that's critical mm. but the thing that you just said there you never think of it as learning because you enjoy doing it and mm. um, the interesting thing is if you have a natural curiosity for something it is easier to learn that than yeah. if it's something that you don't but what I love about this is curiosity enhances your ability to learn. It enhances neuroplasticity. But that enhanced ability to learn stays on for a little period after you've stopped engaging in the activity that you're naturally curious about. So that's a prime time to go and try and learn something that maybe you're not naturally curious about yeah. because you'll find it a bit easier to learn. I think that's something that kids could do with our teachers. Yeah. Should allow kids to do that, satisfy their curiosity first. Hello everyone, Anna here, Interrupting Marketing Made Easy, brilliant episode as usual. Just to remind you, if you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, go and do it. Review, subscribe, um, tag us, share it on social media and tag us in and then you will be in with a chance of winning one of the books that our lovely guests recommend. Right, let's get back to the episode. So what I'm really interested in is kind of the power of positive thinking. So we, you know, help people to get out there so we work with people who have got fantastic businesses um and they're really good at what they do they just have got that gap between finding new people to work with them and they've got to get out there and tell people how great they are um and you know we generally work with women and i think that women often struggle with the i'm really great i'm going to help you with this and you know you'll get great results with me and just shouting about it and almost having that arrogance um, and so all that's just about kind of harnessing your brain and the power of positive thinking and self-belief and how that can then have a can have a positive effect on your physical state as well as, you know, your bank balance and your success and everything. So it's just what would be your top tips of kind of harnessing that side and how does that help your brain health, really? The brain health thing, as I say, it's activity, attitude and lifestyle. So we may as well talk about um, attitude and, um, you know, positive thinking. Um, and like, like what I like to explain to people is your brain is constantly changing and it's your behaviors your experiences and the life choices that you make that can sh that actually shape it and thinking is a behavior mm -hmm. and, and people often forget that so how you think and what you think really matters mm -hmm. and it matters in very um in very uh tangible ways you know people who have a positive attitude to aging live on average seven and a half years longer than people who don't have a positive wow attitude. yeah and just telling people I was looking at something and I have to look at nearly nearly have to look it up in my book um, I, to, to remember because this was in my first book that um, even just encouraging a positive approach to aging it, it, you know it actually physically improves health um, and well-being and and I think it's so hard being a woman and being a woman it's hard being a woman anyway in Western society um, and it's hard being a woman of a certain age um, you know we've kind of become invisible but also yeah. everywhere everywhere we look 
are creams and potions and magazines that say, here's how not to look like I actually look like. Do, do you know what I mean? I mean, there's this yeah. constant message that aging is, 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 is a negative for thing. women. For women, it's one thing I'm really passionate about is is tackling that ageism, you know, that we need to start speaking out about it. If you just remind people, say you're doing this is a psychology study that was done. So um, if they have two groups of people going in to do a memory test of a certain age to one group, they say, um, you know, memory declines uh, when you get older, as you get older and you don't say anything to the other group. They've been matched on all other criteria. The group who, who were given that little reminder that memory um, declines with age perform more poorly on memory tests. I saw a study a while ago that blew my mind and it said that they got a group of like housekeepers in hotels. They were on their feet all day long, um, changing beds, quite physical work, um, do, easily doing like 20,000 steps a day. And they split them into half and they said to half the group, you're doing more than enough exercise that you need to do on a day. You don't need to go home and do any exercise. You're doing it all already and the other half they didn't say that to and then when they revisited them the first half they said it to had all lost weight just because they believed they were doing the amount of exercise they need to do every day yeah. versus the control group hadn't lost any weight wow. exactly the same it's yeah. incredible it, isn't it? It, it it is fascinating and and how I think, does that work and also <laughs> i think people, women do make that decision that they are too old now to be fancied or you know like that like you say they're about like, incredible the, even or that like the invisibility thing you know like they think oh no one's going to be interested in me now because i'm a certain age or whatever and women actually talk themselves into that actually there's a lady that's in our um in our group um one of our groups and i won't say her name but she's like easily like 20 25 years older than like us and um she's just got that something you know like you can t like that's it um, isn't it it's like, like uh, men still sort of like um they can't help but have like a bit of a cheeky banter with her and stuff because she just has that energy and like i think you you make that decision yeah. and if you think that you're like oh i'm older now no one's going to be interested then no they won't be but if you're still strutting down the street or if you're just you know being yourself and confident and chatting away to people then people are just drawn to you so i think women they they fall into that trap very easy to fall into it because mm. it's you know people telling you you know you're old or you're over the mm. hill or you know this is how yeah. you should look like and women you know from being on telly we don't have a lot of role models out there who are our no. kind of age they get axed instantly and the um, younger ones yeah. are playing the mom yeah. and you think well you're only oh, 25 stop. sure i was brought in like i was brought in to, to play the mother to a character who was already in the show and i mean it, you know i don't think i'd started my period at the <laughs> impossible for me to be his mom so mm. it, it is all around us so i think there's a few things you've really touched on there in terms of attitude and 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 um one of them is you know being optimistic or being pessimistic you know and all mm. of us have a tendency to one or the other but the good yeah. news is optimism can be learned and i mean op optimism tempered with reality is also really really positive for your health your mental health Hmm. and indeed your brain health and and the thing is people respond to optimism in the optimism optimist you know what i mean this yeah. is going yes. to happen and then other people think oh well that will happen because they sort of said mm -hmm. it will happen you know and 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 the reverse applies and one of my favorite tips for brain health is to smile to keep smiling mm. um and you know aside from the fact it releases endorphins that make you feel good it boosts your um immune function it lowers your blood pressure it you know helps the growth of new neurons all those health benefits but the thing is um people will remember the face of somebody who's smiling mm -hmm. 
sooner than they'll remember yeah. a face in someone who has a neutral or an angry in, a, a expression. Yeah. Also, we have a tendency to, you know, an inherent tendency to approach or avoid, you know, to be drawn to things yeah. or to turn away from them. And this will ap apply to what you're talking about, Anna, you know, in whether it's attraction or... Getting asked for directions, and I never know the directions, but you get, get asked because you, you look like a friendly you're face. You're approachable. Yes, that's what exactly. I've hated about, that's what I've hated about the bloody masks. Wasting smiles. I've wasted uh, so many smiles under a mask. I do feel really sorry yeah. for young babies and young children who aren't seeing all those lovely mm, smiling faces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I give a lot of corporate wellness talks. And that's what I'm saying to people as well, is that people, a lot of people tend to think that smiling is reactive. Well, I have nothing to smile about or, you know, you <laughs> smile at me, I'll smile back at you. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is you can smile whenever, wherever you want. Um, yeah. And I think with lockdown, people haven't been smiling, you know, because they aren't seeing other people. Mm -hmm. And if they're out on the street, people have masks on um, and I'm suggesting mm -hmm. that people you know I even I think in, in my most recent book I kind of say okay smile while you pee smile while you boil the kettle smile when you're in the shower you know just like pelvic floor, like pelvic floor um, yeah, well, yeah. but we've got a business coach who sends us um, guided med meditations and he makes us do visualizations and like we are we've, we've manifested where we want to be and he's like smile think how you would be feeling and laugh and all of that and actually it does it the morning one and it sets you up for the day. The whole first week of my 30 day plan to be brain fog is about smiling and laughter. <laughs> Laughing is nature's natural stress buster because it actually lowers cortisol levels. And again, like that, that's something I say to people, you know, create a laughter stash stuff that we all have stuff that always makes us laugh, whether it's funny mm. baby videos or kitten videos or, 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 or funny podcasts or whatever, have a stash and actually don't wait till you're stressed. If you start to feel anxiety ri rising in a situation, mm -hmm. take a 20 minute break and go and look at the, that stuff and laugh. And it's a, yeah. it's a great way to kind of preempt yeah. it. I know you were mentioning as well, and I think there's something um, really important as well is around that imposter syndrome. And, and mm -hmm. I certainly have experienced it. I'm sure you guys have experienced yeah. it as well. And for me, especially like the way I justify that I experienced it is because I didn't go to university till I was 42 do you know that kind of way and yeah. you're kind of waiting to be found out or or, 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 you, or you don't quite believe yourself hmm. or why why did I like I, I I was reading a paper there recently about it and um something like a lot of people with um imposter syn syndrome when they achieve a success they just breathe a sigh, a sigh of relief okay yeah okay i did that instead of actually enjoying and, and embracing the success yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. success celebrating it's like oh great i didn't get found out this time that's the attitude problem but if it's any consolation you know about 82 percent of people experience imposter syndrome so it's you see it's natural for the brain to assess situations and that particularly if you're in a new situation your brain is going to assess whether you're you, you know you can do what's expected of you in that situation so you you know and we do compare ourselves to other that's also also another natural instinct and so kind of it is something that appears to be inherent in ourselves it has a protective but i think we can let it run riot and i do think minorities i mean the the data would suggest you know if if, if you're a person of color if you're a, a you know a woman in an environment it's it's not all that I, I think the key message around the imposter syndrome i think there's certain things that we can do to cope with it or prevent it from happening too often but i think also what we need to do a bit like ageism we have to 
work on the social structure because a lot of social structures make it easier to feel like an imposter. Let's put it that way. So if you're yeah. a woman, I mean, I was a woman in a university and working and directing a direct dementia research program and you look above you and it's all men you know yeah. and 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 there's no pictures of women on the wall and you you know I mean it you know and and then some of those men treat you like you're a bit of an imposter like that or like you're the secretary <laughs> exactly, exactly. We've, we've had it when we first started working together we, we um, hired different people like outsource different people and when somebody couldn't do a certain piece of work for us and they sort of communicated it to them whatever and we sort of went back really matter-of-factly and then they they were almost sort of expecting because we're two women that are moms that we would care more than we did and this might makes us sound cold-hearted but we're not but we, yeah. this is a business right so it was a business thing we didn't really know that person but they were like oh well, I, thought, I thought you'd have more empathy why did you because you know what if you if this was like he basically said i can't do that thing because of this reason personal reason and we, and we went, went oh okay. that's okay let's do it then instead thinking we were being yeah. okay and it was yeah. why didn't you care about the personal reason but like if we were two men age the same as we are now that ran a business they wouldn't expect us to have all this empathy around around that thing we don't know the, the person we didn't know the guy that we were working with that much you know we'd only started working with him so it's not like we had any like we know who he was talking about we we're just like sorry to hear that but when can you do it then or whatever yeah, he, was exactly. just like, he was amazed that we weren't like gushing oh i'm so sorry but sounds a bit needy but, yeah exactly but he, <laughs> yes. he wouldn't he definitely if, if we were bob and jack there was yeah. no way that he would have gone yeah. oh, don't you care about this thing it, it would have just been like okay and then like gone off it because we're, we're female they expect us to be Play, play that role in some way and it's actually and I, always I, be well, the nurturer i do think we feel we have to work harder and and kind of do more and i mean we know that like i mean we know that from the data like if there's 10 criteria on a on a job advertisement a woman will go through the list and and tick off oh i have not oh i don't have to i don't have all of them i better not apply and a man apply. will have one of them oh i'll give it a go, go for it yeah, yeah. no i'll go for <laughs> it and and, yeah. and and they talk the talk there's a lack of self-awareness i think uh, but i think we have to start and I did start I have to say I did start talking the talk yeah. um you know yeah. and and uh, someone said to me and they meant it in a really good way you know uh, and they said oh Sabine you're really master of selling yourself you know and and I didn't used to be and no. I said god is that bad and he said no 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 you've got to because he said who else is going to sell you yeah. but the good news is it's something you can learn and develop as you go so if you say this is where I want to be and this is what will help me and then you do whatever the steps are to get there and we're getting a lot better at it and it, me in particular I know I'm getting better at it and um getting better at just saying you know I might not necessarily always believe it but I just say yeah I'm great yeah I can do that yeah and just like you know practice saying it all the time yeah I have an example and I think I talked about it in my own podcast you know um I suppose again imposter syndrome you know like very much you know oh my PhD is in this area you know and if media come on and they ask me about something you know and I'll kind of go oh well that's not really my area and then I would look at my professor and he was talking about all sorts of stuff that he had no expert any wrong problem as well I can't possibly <laughs> say <laughs> but what I realized is that, you know, as someone who has a degree in psychology and a PhD in neuroscience, you mm. know, when you're talking about, you know, the level that is required for, you know, for a piece of media or for whatever the question yeah. is, and if you have time, even if even if you don't know it, like, so, so for example, if somebody asked you about a new marketing ploy or strategy or something, would you come on in two days to talk about it? And you actually hadn't 
come across it yet you'd know with confidence that you could look it up and learn about it and give a yeah. give a I'd give a, a you know an ex you, you could give an opinion on it yeah. Yeah. yeah but i think a lot of us will say no at the first instance that's all you need to be one step ahead don't you uh, well i mean people. it's even i mean i always i always put in research i always you know and like that even from my podcast the amount of guests that have said to me oh my god you read the book inside out you know yeah. you go on shows and you know that the person interviewing you hasn't read the book like yeah. you know someone the else, research has read it yeah well actually not even the researcher sometimes okay. sometimes the researcher does a, a a preliminary call with you and asks you uh -huh, you yeah. know questions and then those questions are regurgitated oh, oh, you know right. but i would never interview somebody without having actually about their book without actually having mm. read the book then mm. i would feel like an imposter so mm. i'll always do my work and put my work in but yeah the first time i did it i can still remember it where i said okay the next time something comes in i'm gonna just say yes yeah. and it happened to be it was the guardian science podcast and they were doing a special episode on shakespeare it was his 400th anniversary of his birth or his death or one of those things and they were getting scientists to talk about something in each play and they asked me would i talk about the hallucinations in macbeth and i'm kind of going i don't know anything about hallucinations okay but i'll just say yes because i promised myself but actually then when i sat to look at it i went I do know about hallucinations. I know about Charles Bonnet syndrome. I know about such and yeah. such. And you kind of realise, oh, actually, mm. I really do. Well, we, I'd love to keep talking to you all day. It's fascinating. I'm so interested in the brain. But there are also two questions we must ask you that we ask every guest. So one is for a book recommendation, something that you think might help people or be of interest, development, business, whatever you like. So I'm reading a book at the moment. Uh, it's for a guest who's coming up on my show and it's literally just been published. So I got it an advanced copy um, and it's called The Visibility Trap. Mm. And it is about women on social media. Um, Fabulous. It's absolutely fascinating. I think it's going to be just, I think it's going to be right up your street. And yeah. Anna. Yeah. Who's that by? Mary oh. McGill. Mary McGill, McGill M-C-G-I-L-L, -L, and it's called The Visibility Trap. So the other question we always ask is, um, what makes you savvy? And you can take that any way you like. I think what makes me savvy is um, my ability to adapt and go with the flow. Mm -hmm. I think it's, yeah. and you know, think on my feet. And, and I suppose it's kind of like improvising in, in a way, um, probably adapting because I, I I think that's what I have done. I've I, I've morphed and adapted according to, to whatever. And I think that's important to understand as well that we're not, we're not stuck. We're not fixed. Mm. It's a great superpower um, to be adaptable to change. If you can be adaptable to change, I always say to the kids, like, that's what I hope, like, as long as they can communicate and um, get on with people, they'll they'll be fine. You know, they don't have to be like the cleverest people out there, but no. if they can, they can get on with other people and be adaptable to change and be, you know, mindful of them. And they are, they are bright kids as well. I'm hoping to write a book. It's one of my books that, that my literary agent has just pitched at the moment. Um, it, it's for kids from mm -hmm. nine to 11. And, and that's part of what I want to say to them. And I think in one of my very early lines in it is, this is not a book about being brainy. This is about a, a book about, you know, um, being the best you you can be or being yeah. the best at what being you resilient. want to do. What yeah. happened to resilience? Yeah. You know, that's it is resilience. But if people do want to find out more about you, what is the oh, best yeah. way for them to? I mean, I'll get this and put this in the show notes as well. But if you brilliant, want to, what's the best way? If they go to my website, so my my podcast called Superbrain. So if they go to the website superbrain.ie, um, I think they'll find email addresses. They'll find my Instagram is Sabina Brennan, uh, Twitter is Sabina underscore Brennan. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review, and subscribe. Awesome. So another brilliant episode. A little bit different for me because I normally 
booked the guests. Um, Anita booked uh, this lady. So well, what, and I felt a bit guilty because she was saying how she researches all of her um, guests, which is the right thing to do. And I do normally know a lot about the guests, but on this occasion, I was going in f- with fresh eyes. So it's good to me. <laughs> That's a positive way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So that's a, another, and, and and it was a fascinating guest. And I, and I know you love all the bits about the brain and the psychology and all that. But I actually find it interesting. She was I like, love it. Thank you. Thank you for that tone. She, she was, in a, she was in, a so, in a soap opera for like 10 years. So... I've got some family that are um, like extended family that are in Ireland. So I'm going to reach out and want to say, "Oh, look who I!" Because they'll yeah, they'll, they'll know, know won't they? We're friends with now. Yeah, they'll, it's they'll practi- know. It's practically um... practically sisters now. So <laughs> anyway, I need to interrupt this time to shout out um, one of our academy members. So if you know anything about our monthly membership, the Get Savvy Academy, you will know that we are massive about celebrating our wins. Big wins, little wins, um, personal wins, business wins. It's really important. It's a mindset thing. So we put a post on every week to say, shout out your wins and we can help you to celebrate. Um, and we will shout you out on our podcast, which is awesome exposure for your business. So today we have picked Hayley Devine, who has a fantastic business called Enchanted Wax. What I love about her business is basically it's all different wax mats and candles and things like that that you can get from her and you can find her on social media. But what I love about it is that the premise of it is to say, like, you need to have some me time um, and that can often get forgotten or interrupted or whatever. So if you kind of set your intention by lighting that candle and say, right, you know, while that burns, I'm going to focus on me to relax, to meditate, to just do something, whatever it is you want to do, um, then it's kind of that set amount of time. And that's what I love about that. And her win is all about just being more focused on social media, getting out there, being more positive um, and, you know, turning her business around to get more exposure. Yeah, she had some vlogs, didn't she, that she felt were not quite the right tone. So she breathed life into them and, uh, yeah, she got them back out there. Yeah, which is also about, you know, if you're not happy with stuff you've done in the past, don't bin it, just change it a little bit. And we're all about making it easy, aren't we? So repurposing is one of the ways you can make it easy. So um, fantastic, Hayley. And if you're interested in any waxes, go and find her on social media. That's Hayley. And if you are interested in getting um, more information about joining us in the Get Savvy Academy, which is our monthly membership, we will drop the link in the show notes somewhere and you can go ahead and check that out there. Yes. See you. Join us. On Thursday. Bye. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.